0: Welcome to Elan Restoration Fellowship, where Jesus is King, Hamelik, Lord, Hashem, and Messiah, Mashiach. And now, Pastor and Rabbi, Billy Elias. Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Um, And welcome to this edition of our Shabbat devotional, Kavanah. Um, Over the last two weeks, we've done a little bit of a departure because we've been speaking about... King James and his version of the Bible and how it's affected theology today. Now, um, my special guest, Caroline, um, is is not with us today, Um, so I'm going to be rolling this one solo. So I think one of the things that if you've been listening to the series, and I really hope you have, if you haven't, they're all on the podcast, is that we've seen how politics and power... Had everything to do with the shaping of of, of James um, when he was young, um, and, and James Stewart, and it was it's very interesting because as we looked at the women in the man's life and and the women that heavily influenced his outlook, not only on theology but on righteousness and how he would rule or govern. His people, we find it very interesting. You know, his dad, of course, we know, was, was um, murdered when he was just a boy. Um, his mom, Mary Queen of Scots, was taken captive when he was about one or two years old. He then went to, he bounced around, um, never really knowing who his mother is. Um, Elizabeth the I... Queen Elizabeth, um, the Virgin Queen of England as she is known, although we know she was not so virgin Queen of England. She basically tried to mentor him to become a um, a big influence in his life. And of course then he was old enough to remember the reign of Mary Tudor, who we know as Bloody Mary, as both not only Mary... Um, before Elizabeth, but Elizabeth as well and the great persecution of Catholicism within England. And when we really boil all this down, it, it goes back to Henry VIII with no male heir, wanting to divorce. The Catholic Church wouldn't give it to him because he was married to Catherine of Aragon, a very, um, a very... Devout Catholic Spaniard, um, and in that moment is when all of this really took shape and began to to give us the rise to the King James um, Bible, and of course the reign of King James the of Scotland, King James the First of England. And one of the big things that I I think it's important that we note is James never had a male role model in his life. Again, his father killed when he was younger. Um, His grandfather killed by Kathleen of Aragorn, who was Catholic. And his um, great-grandfather, well, I guess you would call him his great-grandfather, however the case may be, um, with King Henry, was a womanizer and obviously a... um, egomaniac um, and that reign was just very infamous to say the least but one of the things I think that has really influenced the outcome of the King James Bible and why there were things that changed was several things first the war on Catholicism Um, remember that when Mary Tudor took the throne she became the monarch of the English, the Church of England. When she died and she gave reign over to Elizabeth I, she became the monarch and ruler of the Church of England. And then when she died and gave it over to King James VI of Scotland, who became King James I of England, he was now the head of the Church of England. His mother, Mary, Queen of Scots, obviously a devout Catholic, but was tolerant because she saw these things as not as two separate religions, but as denominations whose um, the, the 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 binding the bonding part of the Catholicism and the Church of England was supposed to be the worship of Jesus the Messiah, the Christ, the natural-born son of the living God. But somehow, some way, the politics and the power got in the way. We know that the papacy, meaning the the Pope and and, and the Catholicism, had a massive hold over Europe until um, King Henry VIII declared himself as the monarch of the Church of England Of course, we also know that um, King uh, Henry of France, when he died, his son took over King Francis and they became very tolerant of the Church of England as well. So Protestantism was on the rise, Catholicism was on the fall. This was interesting because it gave rise to what we know today as Puritanism. And Puritanism, uh, they called themselves the Puritans because they had issue with both Catholicism and both the Church of England. One of their big issues with Catholicism was the ability of the priests and the Pope to offer absolution. They believe that only absolution and forgiveness could come from God through Jesus and what he did on the cross. Um, one of their other issues was the use of handmaidens and women baptizing young children um, as well as performing ministry ministerial duties. So it became an interesting thing here because the Puritans did not want women in ministry— and they didn't want the Catholic Church to be able to offer um, absolution. They also didn't want the signing of the cross at baptisms or at, at certain functions, whereas the Church of England wanted the signing of the cross. So there, there, there began to become a, some sort of conflict. The Puritanism, Puritans also did not want to have to answer to either Catholicism or the Church of England. Um, so again, as we go into this the the conference at Hampton Court, King James, who's the head of the Church of England, found himself in a bit of an issue. Certainly not a big fan of women at all because of the women in his life. We're not only talking about Mary Queen of Scots, who at this time her reputation was run through the muck as a, um, you know, as basically she was basically called a um, harlot. Um, Sleeping with multiple men at multiple times, documented, actually, her casket letters, the letters that she wrote, um, were used by Elizabeth to find her guilty of trying to have Elizabeth killed but in those letters she wrote about her different lovers um, so this obviously had an effect then you had Elizabeth I called the Virgin Queen of England because she re- she said she would not get married however she had multiple lovers as well and then of course we had Mary Tudor who just eviscerated Catholicism to the point like we said before it, she became known as Bloody Mary so the women in his life, were not um, role models, were not motherly at all. So we're talking about a young man that had no father, no male role model at all, and the women that were in his life he didn't consider role models. Actually, I think he kind of disdained all of them for what had happened. He inherited a crown, and he inherited a title of of you know region over the the um, Church of England that was really under attack and he I think he just wanted to be done with it. We know that yes, King James was married and yes, he had children, but we also know that um, he was a sodomite. Um, that any kind of union he had with his wife was simply to bear. Children, that he kept time with men in the castle and he kept time with, you know, um, younger boys and men and all of this. So, um, you know, it's documented that he was um, a homosexual. And we also know that he did not like women. So, when the Puritans came to him about, well, we don't want women to perform ministry, we don't want women to have any kind of power within the church. We want women to stay in the home. We want women to help with birds but not have the ability to do um, uh, baptisms. We also don't want them involved in lay ministry at all. We want to be able to appoint our own ministers. We want to be able to appoint who we think can minister to these these children and perform these deeds. One of the other things that came up with the Puritans was um, exile from the church. The Catholicism and the Church of England were using it as a weapon and fear over people that would say you will be um, exiled from the church and basically you're kicked out. And I can't think of the word, but that's all right. You get the idea. The Puritans said they should not have the power to do it on a whim because they took a different political stance or because they took it a different biblical stance They should not be allowed to be excommunicated without just cause. Puritans, of course, then said we need a way to be able to handle church discipline as biblically as possible. But we want to be able to do it ourselves without the Church of England, without Catholicism interfering. So all of these things are brought before the council. The Puritans had a document that they signed at 18 or 19 points that they wanted to um, drive home. And at the end of the day, what King James found himself doing was kind of rewriting certain things that were set in stone. One of the, the first things that we noticed is when he went to have his Bible, um, which was the authorized Bible of the Council of Hampton Court, which, of course, later became known as the King James Bible. But it was the authorized English version Bible. Um, one of the things that we first understood was that the Bible was translated out of Latin with the Old Testament and Greek out of the New So immediately there were going to be issues. People have asked why didn't he want it translated out of Hebrew. Because not 50 years earlier, I don't really know the timeline, there was a great Jewish persecution in England. And it was during this time that almost 300 Jewish men, women, and children were put to the sword Um, for multiple reasons. Obviously, a lot of it had to do with economics and financial. Of course, the main reason was that they were the killers of Christ. So throughout the history of the English Empire, not only through King Henry, but King Henry's predecessors and those who preceded Um, um, King Henry and then obviously those who came after um, they continued the persecution of the Jews throughout the land of England the same thing had happened in France with persecution so the Jews were viewed by Catholicism and now the Church of England as being Christ killers as being Christ killers The Jews had no say in any way. Obviously, the persecution continued. So to translate the Old Testament, the Tanakh, you know, in the three parts, the Torah, the Nevi'im, the Ketuvim, out of Hebrew would not have been within the standing of both the Church of England and even the Puritans at this point, um, who also held a very ill will of the Jewish people. So, as a result, they decided they would translate it out of uh, Latin and they would translate the the parts of the um, New Testament out of Greek. Now, obviously there were, Eng- there were earlier translations that had both old and new, but the Church of England and the Puritans wanted one Bible. And they wanted one that they could say, this is the authorized Bible. This is what the, the those who are going to seminary are going to preach from. This is what we're going to teach from. And this is what we're going to learn. And we need to have it as such that we can learn it so that the common people wouldn't necessarily understand it, wouldn't necessarily gain something from it. So what the, obviously the, the, what the Catholicism did was they had ended up doing their own Bible. Um, and added um, several, several books that were not in the Old, Old Testament or New Testament Canaan. So when the Bible was being written, now not written, but when these translations began in the English Standard Version, the authorized English Standard Version, it's been called multiple things, one of the things we saw was the fact that there had to be changes. Certain scriptures were tweaked, so that women, if, when, being, when they educated those in seminary and leaders of the church, women would be removed as having any kind of prophetic title, any kind of evangelistic title, any kind of preaching or teaching title, and of course any kind of lay ministry title. That was the first thing. The second thing was a lot of Jewish words, terms, and feast days had to be removed because of the anti-Semitism um, that was still very ripe in England at the time. So, for example, the, the the term Easter was put in as opposed to Passover. Pentecost was used as opposed, opposed to Shavuot. The Feast of Tabernacles was used as opposed to Sukkot. So there were different things that began to um, appear that never appeared before. So they made these changes to... Dial down the Jewish's, uh, Jesus's Hebraic culture and Hisbraic roots to more make it a little bit more Greek and Latin, which would go hand in hand with the tempo, or not the tempo, with the climate of the time of the Council um, of um, Hampton, the Hampton Court, um, which lasted about, I think it was three years. So what we started to see was throughout this, James, now um, given to pride, became the first ruler of not only Scotland and England, but Ireland and Wales as well. So the complete British Empire needed to put himself and needed to put a stamp on who he was. So he took the most Hebraic epistle that appeared which is the book of, we know as, the book of James. Now, the book of James was written by Jesus' brother, Jacob, Yaakov. But what James did was he changed it. And he put his name and his stamp on that Bible, on, on that particular book. So forevermore, in that particular book, he could say that, I am who I am. So there's a lot that happened during the Council um, of Hampton Court, which will be our definitely our next episode. But I thought it was very important for us to understand why things happened in the Bible the way they did. And one of the biggest questions I get when we talk about these is, well, why didn't he change the things about homosexuality? Well, because the Church of England opposed it. The Puritans certainly opposed it. Therefore, James was unable to be able to do anything about it because though he was the head of the church, that was something that would have had him removed from the throne. The commoners, the people, even some of the nobles, had they found out about James' James's, um, you know, his, his lust and his desire for men would have certainly sent the empire, so to speak, the throne, into civil war. So he refrained from making any of those choices. But now we have a little bit more of understanding, because as we've gone on and in two, three hundred years later there was such a strict stranglehold against women, against the Jews, that the truth behind much of the New Testament has been lost. And because of that, to this day, an an anti-Semitic sentiment still exists in the church. So it's important for us to understand history and how politics and power directly affected the writing of the King James Version. So I hope you have enjoyed this. is part number four, I believe. Um, I thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you shalom and peace. You've been listening to Pastor Billy Elias. Pastor Billy is the founder and pastor of Elon Restoration Fellowship in Toms River, New Jersey. Join us again as Pastor Billy bridges the gap between the old and new covenants. And as always, may the Lord bless you with peace.